Hello and welcome back to the Time Podcast. After speaking to Richard Taylor last week about networking, the future of networking and a lot more, I thought I would love to explore that topic a little bit more and learn about very specialized networking groups. So no one else than Max Salter, the co-founder of Recruitable Hub and also the managing director of Aurelian Training and Consulting came to mind. So I've reached out to Mac and she has agreed to talk to me about networking and specialized networking groups. I can't wait what the wonderful Mac has to say. So please give a very warm welcome to Mac Salter. Hello and welcome back to the latest episode of our Time Podcast. Mac Salter, welcome back on the show. Thanks for spending time with me. I'm so excited to be back. Um, our last conversation was so fun, Timo. So this is um, this is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And I really appreciate that that you joined again because the first time you joined, everything was just in the baby shoes. And since then, obviously, lots has happened. We read new software. We talk about different things. We have more time to talk. That is especially important. And um, yeah, and yeah. we are actually more busy because we are out of lockdown. So uh, thanks for your time to start with. <sighs> Um, Ming, I just want to go back in your career for a few years um, with your knowledge from today, because everyone got wiser in, in, in with, uh, with, throughout the pandemic. And if you now look back at, mm -hmm. let's say, yourself when you were, I don't know, 20, 19, when you just joined the industry, what kind of career advice would you give to yourself now looking back? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. Um I, I was one of those, I, I did actually join when I was um, 21, 20 or 21, mm -hmm. uh, I joined a flight centre and I was still, I was uh, studying full time, I was doing a combined degree, so I was already studying a Bachelor of Science and a Bachelor of Asian Studies, um, but like most people who fall into the industry, I just wanted to travel, I just wanted to talk about travel, I wanted to be on planes, I wanted to be finding out other places I could go. Um, And so I was one of those really enthusiastic people who uh, my manager at the time, Jane Pearson, actually, she she's still around uh, in the industry, but she was, um, she'd have to take me out for one-on-ones and tell me to calm down and be less annoying. <laughs> so I was already a bit of um, uh, an enthusiast. But I think the beautiful thing about the travel industry is the connectedness and the networks that you make. And, um, you know, a lot of my best friends now are still, you know, there are people that I met in the travel industry. And uh, a lot of my support crew are people that I've worked with, uh, either as colleagues or they've been my clients or, or whatever. So, you know, my advice early on was stop being so nervous. You know, people are people are people. And there's so many people that are going to want to help you be successful in this industry that it's really important to work out who you want to meet, uh, go after them, like really make sure that you do go out of your way to connect with the people that you're interested in and that you do want to sort of mentor you. Um, and just really know that, that everyone that you do connect with is, is really going to have your back. You know, I, I've always said in the industry, you know, you might not like everyone that you meet in the travel industry, but you're going to find them absolutely fascinating. So um, it's it's a brilliant place to really sort of uh, launch a career and uh, practice your networking. Hmm. I just want to quickly go back to when you said, oh, stop being nervous, you know, it's just people, people, people. Um, if 
funnily enough, especially the career starter level, people are nervous when they come to networking functions or even at a later stage in their career. If you go to a new group for the first time and you potentially know no one, there's still nervousness around. Um, do you have any tips how to overcome that, especially for our current mentees, for example, who, who are exposed obviously to networking on a regular basis? Ah, oh, listen, there's a lot of things you can do physiologically before you actually get into a networking environment. So, you know, the whole deep breaths, but there's also just simple things like looking up. So if you're feeling really nervous before you go, just make sure you prep yourself so that you do actually sort of get into a state of confidence. Um, so, you know, be upright, look up, have, you know, really deep breaths and breathe through your nose as well because there's a gland at the top that actually helps you relax, which is why they make you do that in yoga, make you breathe through your nose. Um, so, you know, all of those sort of things are really going to prep you. But also just make sure that you've got an attitude for networking. So it's you don't want to go to a networking event and be in your comfort zone. I think that that sort of safety zone, which is actually it's just around the bar area, <laughs> is where a lot of the new people sort of tend to hang. So they sort of arrive and then they don't want to sort of go too far into the room. Um, I actually find when I go to networking there tends to be almost three bands of, um, of different sort of people and you know, there's all the new people and the nervous people sort of here who they're not going to make the most of their networking. Um, and then there's kind of the people who do really want to make the most of this event and they kind of move, move further into the rooms. They kind of move through to what I call the B zone and um, that's where a, a lot of the sort of business card sort of sharing kind of happens um, and, you know, lots of handshakes if we're allowed to do that now, uh, lots of, um, you know, important connections and, and that's probably where you'll find someone who, you know, will coach you or mentor you or you'll know for the rest of your career. Um, the people in the C-Zone, just so you know, sort of right up towards the end of the room, they're all the head honchos. So if you're after hitting up a head honcho, they're the guys who head all the way up the back and kind of hang out uh, on the couches or something, um, uh, probably doing the more high-level business deals. But that's, you know, you've kind of really got to make sure that you move into the room um, and you do move around the room. Mm. So that's really important. That's a very interesting aspect. I never thought about within a room what kind of type or kind of networking type is where in the room, but uh, there was a very good breakdown. I actually would agree with that probably. Um, <clears throat> So once you walk into the room, how, how do you actually break the ice? Uh, I think it's really important to make sure that you've um, you've just got a couple of things, you know, like universal things that you could say to anyone that might get the ball rolling and a little bit of an elevator pitch about yourself as well. So it's kind of awkward when you go up to someone and, you know, you've got your drink in this hand and they want to shake it and you're like, oh, um, hi, I'm Meg, you know. Um, but if you're really prepared with a couple of sentences, so, you know, hi, I'm, I'm Meg Salter. I've started at, you know, Flight Woden Flight Centre is where I started. Um, I'm still studying, but I'm loving the industry and I'm really looking to connect with as many people as I can. Uh, where are you and how long have you been in the industry? So I think sort of having a couple of questions and really taking control of the conversation um, will definitely engage a lot more people in conversation. And, you know, no one's going to brush you off anyway. And if they do, you don't want to network with those people. So just let them go. So it's um, just remember that, you know, you're there and you're there for you. 
um, you're not there to sort of just be a room filler and, and have the house wine. Mm. So make the most of it. I think part of your elevator pitch is probably also your very yeah. successful travel industry women group <clears throat> that is, um, I think, predominantly active on Facebook. Now, Meg, what was your intention when you when you founded that group? Uh, so I didn't found the group, actually. I was invited in. Um, I've just been probably the loosest and <laughs> the most visible uh, sort of in the group when things have probably gone wrong or, or gone down. Um, but I, the, the group was actually founded by Maxine Wiggs. Uh, we'd been talking about, you know, women in travel for a, for a long time. Um, but Maxine Wiggs from Resource was one who started it. And she sort of, uh, she uh, got Ange Middleton on board uh, and uh, Mel Chapman and, and then myself as well to sort of help her out. Um, but, you know, the conversations used to be, you know, she was doing a lot of work with, you know, maybe sort of women in construction and I do a lot of work in um, equity and diversity with organisations like the ANU. Uh, and so, you know, we'd sort of just bounce ideas around and, you know, women in leadership and the confidence gap and the pay gap and, and we tend to have a few wines, uh, a few bottles of wine and, and sort of start to bounce ideas around how to get more women in leadership. Um, and one day she was on Facebook, uh, and she she's a member of a group. I'm a member of a group as well called Women in Tourism, so the WIT group. Uh, and she was like, you know what, we should just bloody start up a travel industry women's group and see what happens. So there was no intent. There's no goal. Uh, it's not monetized. Um, there's sort of no agenda with this other than support. Um, but she started up the group, and. I think within about 15 minutes she had 350 people sign up. Um, then, you know, I think within the first week there are 1,000 members and now we've got some more than 7,500 members globally. Um, but, you know, there was sort of agent chatter, so we had to pull the agents out. So there's also a Travel Industry Women Agents page um, where only agents can join. We have to be very careful about that. Uh, we've now, since COVID hit, got a Travel Industry Women Careers and Resources uh, page as well, where anyone who just needs to work out, you know, got transferable skills or how to write a resume, what jobs are going out of the industry, uh, lots of jobs being posted now um, in the industry as well, which is so exciting. Um, but, you know, it, it just, it really... It, we put it out there, or she put it out there, and it took off. So, you know, in terms of um, you know why we did it, it was it was really a bit of a test. And I mm. think the thing that's come out of it is women love it. Women women do actually need it, and women do find it a really safe space. Um, so you said women actually need it. Why do you think a a gender specialized career group is needed? I should probably say gender-specialised profession group. So women feel safer quite often when there's just women. And I know that is a bit of a um, an odd thing to say. And I also know that the women who are watching this will go, ah, and the men who are watching this probably go, no, you know, I need to know more about that. But yeah, there's all these statistics and, you know, I've been training for a long, long time as well. So in conferences and small group workshops, um, a lot of the statistics I read in this space I've actually seen in practice as well. So um, there's a whole host of things like um, 
you know, in, in any group, virtual or face-to-face, in any group, um, if a male comments first, if a male makes the first comment uh, or asks the first question, uh, women are only likely to participate and contribute to about 10% of the conversation. Uh, and this goes from boardroom table right through to massive sort of conference groups as well. Um, however, if it's a woman that asks the first question uh, or makes the first comment, uh, we get a much more even split. So we get a much more 50-50% um, participation. Um, men tend to comment and share their experiences uh, during workshops and conferences and, and in Facebook groups uh, and, and networking groups as well. Women tend to ask questions and support um, women tend to be a little bit more sort of forgiving um, and, hey, you could try this, more suggestions-based. Males can be a little bit more, this is what I did and it worked and it's what you should do. So, you know, I have found that this space has been, um, it has been a really incredible space um, and I think that by opening it up to both genders it would actually change the dynamics and, you um, yeah, but you know, there's there's so many different Facebook groups out there that you know are doing some incredible stuff as well. Uh, this is just sort of one that sits there. It has been incredibly successful, but you know, there's been a, a lot of others um, also, um, and a lot of men are actually at the helm of them. Um, you know, they're running those. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I do. I, I feel really strongly about the the gender thing. Um, I've got, I've, you know, I've got a daughter and a son and I want them to have the same experience. And I, I am, you know, very aware that, you know, I'm a member of Business Chicks and if my daughter wanted to, you know, join Business Chicks, it wouldn't be weird. But if my son wanted to join Business Blokes, I'd probably be like, oh, what are you going to get out of that? You know. So uh, I do understand where this is coming from. But um, it, it is very, very different when there are just women in a room and it creates a particular culture and a particular atmosphere that I think um, is is quite precious and special. And it certainly has been during COVID. Mm. Whenever I talk to guys, obviously there's a bit of uh, sarcastic, funny sentiment. Even you know, uh, women in travel is you know it's exclusive to men. It's not up to the side guys we have in these days. You know, we're all equal. We all should be together. Um, I guess I understand where you're coming from, and you kind of said you also understand that some people think <clears throat> um, think it's a bit um, different. Let's just leave, leave it as neutral as possible. Um, I find it interesting the, the observation around. Um, <laughs> and again, I've, I've never read any studies in regards to that. Um, what happens if if, it, uh, if a male makes the first comment and then the female? Um, I observed that in the future, actually, a little bit more to see um, what my, my own experience is there. And um, I'm probably the generation already of where I grew up where we don't even think about huge difference between the genders. Um, probably because my parents were very progressive in regards to that. Um, yeah, interesting. But let's let's leave gender aside. I think, you know, we, we bef- definitely all agree that a functioning network is absolutely important to to your career and to to being part of the industry. Now, COVID has obviously done a lot to our existing networks in regards to some positions are not there anymore. People have moved on. People suddenly do several roles mm-hmm. together and just you know don't do the same functions functionalities anymore. How 
can we reconnect and make networks functioning again? Do you have any suggestions? Oh, do you know, I, it, it's probably a little bit um, the same advice that I would give to my 20-year-old self or someone mm. entering the, the industry, uh, and that is that you, you really need to take control and be proactive over your connections. Uh, there are some amazing networks. There are some amazing people and, um, you know, they're, they're all, I, I've never seen the industry this close, actually. So now is the time to really make sure that you do sort of reach out to the people that you do want to be connected with. Um, but even proactively just setting up your own networks, like I know, you know, there'll be a lot of agents who, uh, you know, they'll kind of be choosing um, an, a niche or they might, you know, choose to be an expert in a particular field. And I think that, you um, it would be a great idea for, for all of those guys to really start to build their own networks. And obviously it only takes one person to be proactive like Max with Travel Industry Women um, to, to really sort of build an, an incredible network. But I think that, you know, this is a time when it's really important to work out who and, and where these connections are and, and to really go after them. Um, you know, in the industry, there are some, you know, some brilliant networking opportunities as well. I think, you know, time is definitely one of them. Uh, and I know a lot of people who are really jumping on board because they, they want to be mentors um, this year. I think um, Ange Middleton and Max, both from, uh, you know, Travel Industry Women uh, Admin are both um, mentors this year. Um, and I think that there's just a lot of people now who are, are really willing to, to, to sort of... Um, Get rid of the hierarchy, actually, and get rid of the competition. I think, you know, that, that's one thing we've certainly noticed in travel industry women is, you know, someone from a, a, a new person from a hello world who was struggling, um, you know, put something up and then someone from flight centre head office, you know, got on the phone and actually helped them through it. And, and I think there's going to be a lot more of that sort of stuff as, as we get back together. So um, just make sure that you throw yourself into everything Never let nerves get in the way. Um, then by the same token, keep in touch with your networks uh, who have left the industry as well because, you know, they're going to be looking for people to do business with as well and, and connections within the industry as, as things open up. And so there's a huge opportunity there as well uh, to really grow our networks outside of the industry as well as inside. So, um, yeah, there's, there's never been a better time to be reaching out to people saying, I want to be connected with you. I agree. I think the time is definitely very special and there's so much opportunity in there. And um, I also regularly catch up with people who just, you know, actually a lot of women who are part of your of your networking group um, who, who have left the industry or, you know, we're still constantly in contact. And I, I really appreciate and I also agree that the pandemic has probably magnified the support within the industry um, so much willingness you know to to get us all through as an industry not just as a company um, it's actually very inspirational and uh, your work around you know the many things that you do helping career starters helping people who look for jobs having networking groups um, very successful networking groups obviously um, that is just amazing and a huge asset to the industry so uh, let me also thank you for your work at this stage um, always good to hear that oh. as well no, no, very well deserved. Oh, thank you for saying that. But, you know, I just, um, I love the industry and I love the people in it. And I just really feel like, um, 
you know, there were so many people on the edge and there were so many people in distress, but it certainly it wasn't just me. I mean, I, I kind of became um, well-known on the travel industry women stuff because I was doing a little uh, section called Getting Swiggy With It, which is where I'd go into my garden in the dark with a, a beanie on and, and drink from a bottle of wine <laughs> um, and, and just talk to the group about all of the issues that, that we were dealing with. But, you know, behind the scenes, we were on the phone to people who were you know, overtly angry, uh, feeling, you know, clearly in distress, uh, might be drinking too much, we're thinking of packing it in. Um, and I just think that, that that sort of camaraderie and, you know, that support, certainly there's, there's a, everyone was involved in it. You know, it was not just uh, one voice, I, I don't think, coming from the industry. Um, you know, every single person, right, from screw to, you know, someone who was just new before the pandemic, you know, everyone was uh, um, enveloping people in care and support. So uh, it's been wonderful to be a part of that, to be honest, and just, um, uh, you know, I've got so much out of it as well in terms of love and support and, and care, and it's 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 really beautiful. So it's it's brought out the best in the industry, I would say. That's great to hear. I think um, being part of a community, obviously, is inspirational and energizes as well, obviously, if you're actively involved. But also important to sometimes just take an hour aside or do something just for yourself. Um, so that brings me, obviously, to my famous last question of all interviews. Something for $100 or less that you've bought for yourself that had the most impact, positive impact, obviously, on your life. Gosh, $100 or less. I haven't bought anything really for $100 or less for ages because I'm renovating my house. Mm. Um, but something that I bought for much more than $100, which has bought me pure joy, is this very expensive, massive bathtub. Um, and it's in my ensuite. It's not even in the main bathroom because kids are grubs and if I'm going to be cleaning anyone's muck, it's going to be my own. But I... When I feel overwhelmed and when things have gotten a bit too much, um, I magnesium the crap out of it and I go and sit in that bathtub with some nice music on. Um, and I think that that, you know, that, that self-care, uh, you know, has been really important for me uh, going through this period and I think um, for, you know, for everyone and, and for the next few years as well, it's going to be a bit of a bumpy takeoff, I think, a bit of turbulence uh, as the borders open uh, and things uh, start up again. But I think that, you know, just taking taking time aside and working out what you can't cope with and being okay with that is going to be so incredibly important. So uh, spend more than 100 bucks and get a beautiful bath. Highly recommend it. Spend a bit more and get a proper bathtub. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Meg, thank you so much for your time. Already at the end of the interview, I think it was very insightful. And please keep doing what you're doing. Uh, the industry needs people like uh -huh. you and and the others that are involved in, in the many, many networking groups. And I just want to finalize, finish this up with saying I appreciate every networking group, no matter of gender-based, nationality-based, or I don't know, there's there's, there's a, a little facet for everyone anyways. So yeah, hopefully, no, hopefully. I think as, so, as long as people are staying connected, it's really, really important. And I think as soon as people stop being, I'm more than happy to talk about issues about connectedness but I'm really concerned about when people are disconnected and so um, who cares what their gender is who cares what they do how long they've been around let's just make sure that we wrap our arms around everyone and, and keep them close 
as long as we can have a drink at the next networking event, right? <laughs> I'm going to bring my bottle of wine next time you interview me. I'll do it properly. I'll get swiggy <laughs> with it. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, I hope I see you in person very soon. Let me know when you come to Sydney or I'll let you know when I come up to camera and then we can catch up in person. Oh, I'd love that. Thanks so much for having me again. And thanks for all you do as well. Time's incredible and it's really, really important. So, um, yeah, it's, it's brilliant to be here. It's brilliant to be part of your game as well. Thank you so much. Bye, Meg. Bye.